the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith in the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Thanksgiving is over, and we're officially in the Christmas season, and it's exciting. I love the thought that Jesus is on the minds of so many. And while Christmas music is in the air and lights glitter on trees and in homes, we can't forget the context of the season. Jesus Christ was born to atone for the sins of man in order to restore God's lost children to him. And why do we need atonement and restoration? Because the devil has lured us into sin. Simply put, the devil seeks to destroy all that is good that God made in each of us. And we're in a spiritual struggle to find our way home as we gather as many casualties on this battlefield as we can. And you heard me, the earth is a spiritual battlefield. Our time here is a challenge. And those who think that faith is about candy canes and presents have missed the point. Good people struggle all around us. We're oversexed, financially overextended, too busy, too medicated, too divorced, fatherless, overweight, and isolated from each other. And it's no accident. In our struggles, we are casualties on a spiritual battlefield. To be sure... We should celebrate the season with joy. It's a celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. At the same time, we must be alert and watchful and ready to contend for our faith. And here to talk about that today is a Christian warrior who I am, and that's not warrior as in a person who worries, it's a Christian warrior. (laughs) And I'm honored to call him my friend. He's a former Marine a firefighter, he's a husband, a father, a son, and a friend. 
He's also a professor of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a black belt. And so this is a serious guy. And he's here to talk to us about how faith is for him and how it's difficult. And what I hope you'll hear in this conversation is that we're all in it. Nobody is special. Nobody has been set aside uh, from the attentions of the devil on a daily basis. We work it out, and we know that Scripture tells us that. And so this is a man who takes his orders from Jesus Christ. He strives to obey his rules of engagement, and one day at a time, he strives to be the man that Jesus wants him to be. Again, I am honored to call him my friend. Welcome, Ryan Reed. Ryan, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. And as always, I'm so thankful to be joined by my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone, and hi, Ryan. Hi. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this amazing time of year, when we think about your Son, Jesus Christ, we give thanks, and we also stand before you with resolve to help us to be emboldened to speak the truth to this struggling world that the light of your Son may shine into the darkness. We thank you for his atonement. We thank you for the shield that he provides in your full armor. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who guides us through the day, and we ask you to help us to be the men and women that you want us to be, Lord. We love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ryan, uh, thanks so much for being with us today. And how do you feel about this conversation? Is it a little bit weird? Yeah, but it's actually something that I've I've talked about with you and I've thought about a lot. Uh, I think it's an issue that uh, a lot of people are faced with, and I know it's something that I was I struggled with for, for a long time. So uh, when you say it, you're talking about the feeling that uh, you're doing it wrong or that others are doing it better or that uh, you don't measure up somehow? Yeah, that you're you're just falling short. You know, I've always I've always felt like I should be doing more, or there's something else I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not doing it right. You know, you see everything on on social media or or in churches, and you're not, you're not living up to the standard that's that's set before you. Yeah. By Christ as a father. Yeah. Well, just just in all in all aspects. All of the above, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's I think one. People always feel like they're not doing enough, that yeah. they're not good enough. Huh. Yeah, the devil's good at his job. And you know what came to mind? Uh, your beautiful children, if one of them thought that they weren't good enough for you and how heartbreaking that would be to you. And uh, I imagine what would you say to uh, one of your kids if he said something like that? That I love you. Exactly, exactly. You'd say, I love you, buddy. And our Father in Heaven would do the same. Right. And I think the devil and even some religious institutions miss the point that it's about a father's love. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I got a little bit ahead of myself. Do me a favor, Ryan. Tell me a little bit about how you came to faith in Christ. Well, it's kind of a long story, I guess. But, uh, you know, I grew up going to church every once in a while, but uh, we never really took it serious. And I, I would pray, but never really 
he said, never really took it serious. And I'd go to churches and they'd be pressuring everybody to give them, give them your money. Or you walk in there and there's TV screens all over the place and all kinds of stuff going on. It just never felt right to me. Or the pastor would be preaching and you could tell it wasn't genuine or he wasn't, you know, walking the walk that he's preaching. And so I, I always struggled. I struggled for a long time because I felt like I never fit in or maybe I didn't understand it or it just didn't feel right. And, and honestly, you played uh, a really big role because I remember sitting, sitting in the park with my kids playing, talking to Steve Dennis and he was explaining you and y'all's approach to the, the, the fire team approach and, and how Christians are warriors. And, that's the first time everything really started making sense to me. Amen. Thank you, God. So if I'm hearing a word in there and I made the, uh, it would be that you felt disconnected. And we said in the beginning it was about love. So maybe because of uh, church or the things around you, you felt disconnected from the love of God. It did not feel real to you. Is that a, a, an accurate perception? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And then you said it became more real when you started thinking about Christ as a warrior. Tell me more about that. I don't know if it just related more to the life I was living, or it, it just seemed more more real. And the approach that we're supposed to be taking to this, and we're in a spiritual battlefield, like, like you preach. And that's when it all, like I said, started making sense. And I felt more connected and more of a... Uh, more of a purpose towards it. And how has that um, conclusion or feeling manifested in your life since then? Um, well, first off, if you're in a any kind of battle, you can't be stagnant. You know, you you have to be you have to be on the offensive. So that gives uh, I, I don't know the words I'm looking for, but that, it gives me more of a uh, I have to be doing something. You know, I have to be part of this. I have to make sure sure my kids are are growing up correctly and and not being influenced in the the wrong ways. You know, so it, it's a a feeling not of intention. Yes. Yeah, you know what's interesting, friends. You're listening to a United States Marine. This this man is no stranger to the fight. Uh, a firefighter who is out there in the fight, in the real world, protecting us when we're out of ideas. And so what you're hearing is an amazing thing that a warrior's heart, that was always a warrior's heart, was slightly disconnected. And that it's when you understand the context of our time here on earth, that things began to make sense. And so... Context is incredibly important because as you've often heard me tell that story, Ryan, I think I told you that story. We came back from a patrol in Afghanistan and I would always uh, tell my Marines, go get some chow and then come back to the team area and we'll clean weapons and uh, eat some chow and we would debrief. And uh, everybody comes back and I'm just sitting there listening, kind of trying to make sure everybody's okay. And... Two Marines were talking, uh, Lance Corporal and a Corporal, say 20 and 22, 
And the lance corporal says to the corporal, uh, can you believe the U.S. has been at war for almost a decade? And the corporal says to the lance corporal, the U.S. isn't at war. We're at war. The U.S. is at the shopping mall. And that story permeates so much of my thinking because as you've kind of helped us understand, until we get the context of our time on earth, stuff doesn't make sense. But then when you realize, hey, uh, the struggle that I have between my flesh and my heart is appropriate because I am a, a, a spiritual being living on earth in the flesh. So I don't have to feel bad about myself because I have the struggle. I can just uh, fight the fight without those feelings of I feel bad or I'm doing something wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm processing it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and so this context is incredibly important. And what you're hearing is uh, an amazing warrior, a devoted husband and family man whose heart is in everything he does. You cannot become a black belt in jiu-jitsu unless your heart is in it, let alone a professor. And like all the other things he does, what you're hearing was... Uh, from Ryan is that it took the context of our faith to help reconnect him and connect him to the love of the Father and all the good that he can do in in, uh, intentional ways one day at a time. And we're going to talk more about this in the second segment, folks. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and that sweet, amazing voice is Dave Bray, USA. And you can find his music at uh, Apple Music. He is a patriot and a Christian warrior, and uh, we met at the memorial for the crash of Yankee 72 in July, and he's been so gracious as to allow us to use his music, and uh, he is fantastic, and so is God's grace. It is amazing, and we're talking about the love of God with a Christian warrior, uh, Ryan Reed, 
firefighter and uh, jujitsu professor, former Marine, father, son, husband. And we're just talking about faith, real faith, uh, a, a man and how his faith feels to him and the struggles that he has. Because I've often worried that people think uh, when they have doubts or when they make mistakes or when they go to church and they feel like everybody else is churchier than they are or uh, speaks better about faith than they do. And I sometimes think it's like Facebook, where somebody posts their best picture of their best day, and then they try and pretend that that's uh, every picture of every day, and it leaves the rest of us feeling bad about ourselves. And I don't want you to feel that way. Wherever you are and however you're listening to this, I want you to hear the fact that it's just real for us. We're just little people struggling upward, struggling toward the love of our Father in heaven. And so Ryan has told us a little bit about coming to faith. And Ryan, when you think about Jesus and the environment is quiet and you're staring out the windshield kind of like I do and daydreaming, and you think about God, what thoughts come to mind? What questions do you have? Well, when I when I think about Jesus, that's, I, I think in my, my live, living a life, that's worthy of the sacrifices he made. You know, am I, am I on a daily basis living up to what's been given up before me? And I thought about the same when I'm in the Marine, when I was in the Marine Corps about, am I upholding the standards of the Marines that gave their lives before me? And same in the fire department. You know, so that, that mindset is always in the front of my mind. And, and I guess it, it pushes me to be a better person and set a better example. Oh, that's a fantastic uh, answer. And what is your answer to that question when you think those thoughts and you say, you know, I've actually asked God that question. I've actually said to him, Lord, how am I doing? But when you think those questions, uh, are you doing it right or well or well enough, worthy of the sacrifice, what's your answer? I guess it depends on the day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's real. Yeah, that yeah. is real. Uh I, I try not to be too hard on myself about it, I guess, but uh, I feel like I'm doing all right, doing all right at it, and I, that, that makes me be a better parent. When I, I've been gone all day at the the fire station, and I come home and I think about those things. I make sure and spend time with my kids before I start doing anything else. You know, I spend time with my wife. I got to keep them as a priority, or the stuff that I'm doing doesn't mean anything. That uh, you've just hit on such an important point. When we think about the good that we can do and all we are, if I've heard correctly, you've said that you have to prioritize your wife and then your children, otherwise nothing else matters. And I think what we're implying at the same time is that if we don't start with Jesus, then we're not putting our best foot forward for our wives or our families or those who are counting on us. And so we're falling short. And that's what I think you're saying when you talk about, am I uh, living a life worthy of the sacrifice? Uh, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, you just said it a little more elegantly than I did. But, but yes. No, I think you said it beautifully. And I think uh, what's important is that it's real and that we all struggle. 
And as we talk about the way your faith manifests in your life, what are some of the things that jump out to you? The way it manifests in my life? Yes. Like I said uh, a few minutes ago, I, I, I try to do the right thing, whatever it is, bigger, bigger, small, whether it makes me uncomfortable you know, in front of people or you know, whatever it might be, whether it's while we're walking to the store, I pick up a piece of trash or push a shopping cart up there. Or, or like I said a minute ago, spend, make sure I spend time with, with my kids and make sure they're, they're getting the, the time they need. And whether or it's, it might be something bigger, but whatever the situation is, I try to do the whatever the, the next right thing is. I love that. And I try to I try to spend a, a little time, and this is something I spoke with you about before, and I, I try to spend a little time reading the Bible. And I used to be hard on myself about it, like I'm, I don't read it enough, or I'm not able to read it for a couple of days, or you know, whatever it may be, I might forget to read it, or I sleep in a little bit and don't get up early to read it. I'd be hard on myself about it, but I, I try to spend a little time reading every day, and I come to the conclusion that I don't have to spend an hour a day studying the Bible, whether I read a, just a, a, one sentence out of there. Maybe I'll think about that sentence the rest of the, the day. And and that that relieved that, that stress kind of hanging over me about it. Like I'm not doing enough. But I, I realize there's there's no there's no set amount that I have to read it, as long as I'm reading about it and thinking about it. I think that's very real. I was actually just talking to my sister on the way to the station this morning, and we were talking about how our worship is of God is in the fact that we see Him everywhere during the day, and you can be in your car talking to Him. And uh, he can be with you in the uh, grocery store parking lot as you decide, I'm pushing this card in. And I often will say to myself, God and I are doing this. God and I are taking my dog for a walk. And uh, I don't, I think it's important for us to read the Bible to know more about him and about his love, and about his promises, and about the things that he hopes for us. And so that time is well spent, because if you liked anybody, you'd want to know more about them. And you'd Google or go to Facebook or one of those other things, and then I don't even know all the names of them. Social and then media? You'd tr- social media. <laughs> and you'd try and find out more about them. And so I think if that's the heart that you bring to the Bible reading, then it's exciting and it's uh, illuminating as opposed to just yet another area where you're falling short. I think there's a couple things I'm hearing. First, we started talking about context. And so I think you have to look at the context of one's life, too, and their heart. And maybe it is one line as Ryan, as you're talking about, but your heart that's coming alongside that with that God sees that heart and you're, you're wanting to spend an hour, but you're also have the other priorities that he and his word says, prioritize him, prioritize your family, your wife, then prioritize your kids and doing the next right thing. And so 
that one word, that one line, if you can't do that hour, is shaping your day, is shaping, and you're being salt and light as you go out into the world. And so I see how powerful that one sentence is. You know, maybe there's a day you have a little extra time and you read more, but I think God's really happy with your heart. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds perfect. Uh, you know, if you really step back and think about it, he wouldn't be mad at you for not reading the Bible enough. You know, he wouldn't sit there and scold you to not play with your your kid wants to play Legos. I don't think he would scold me for you know, sitting down and playing Legos with my son for a few minutes before before I read the Bible. Yeah, well, think about the fact that he created everything. Well, so think, he he himself is very creative, and he's probably into Legos also. Yeah, he probably he created. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this cool, is the God yeah. who made us. We're created in His image. Well, I was also think about tithing, and he says he he really doesn't want the tithing unless you do it with a cheerful heart. So he's looking at the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Things. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the hearts. And so you're absolutely right. I think sometimes we miss that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's heartbreaking. Sometimes in our ritual and religiosity and stuff, we miss that. But something really pivotal that I'd like to just go back to is we may have a personal notion about God. That notion may come from our family. We attended church a little bit, and we were trying to do the right thing, but we weren't really into it. Or that notion might come from, I was uh, a very religious, observant uh, churchgoer, and I was all into the doctrine or the religiosity, and I missed the heart of God. We all come to this from a lot of places. And the only way to find out about the real God, the real Jesus Christ, what he really wants and what he really believes without taking somebody else's word for it is to read the Bible because the Holy Spirit will speak to you differently than he speaks to me. So I'm totally tracking with what you're saying that uh, we don't always have the same day. And we talked about this the other day, Ryan and I did. I told him about how I was on a layover in Honolulu. And because you fly west, I woke up at like three in the morning and I made some coffee and opened my Bible, and the next thing I know, it was 10 in the morning, and I had just been deep in my Bible the whole time, having such an amazing uh, time learning I, about God. I love those days. It's, it's, I love they those take days. You, he takes you on such a journey. But every day is not like that. Right. And so, Ryan, I totally get it. Uh, if you get a call at the station, you're not going to wake up and read your Bible while the gong is going off. Uh, I call it a gong. What is it called? <laughs> I don't know. What it's tones. 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 Oh, that's right. There you go. Tones. Friends, stay with us. We're having a very real conversation with a very real warrior who brings his heart to everything he does. Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries 
that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Ryan Reed, firefighter, father, former Marine, jiu-jitsu black belt, um, father, son, a man who brings his heart to absolutely everything. And he's telling us a little about his heart for God and how that shapes uh, his perspectives and uh, his day uh, sometimes. And in the first segment, we kind of talked about the big picture. And in uh, the last segment, we talked a lot about Ryan's faith. And I'd like to talk a little bit about walking out that faith in this world because we're all in touch. We all see the news. Um, we see the buffoonery, uh, the manipulation, the lies, the struggles of people who are lost. I mean, genuinely good people trying every day to get it right, and they're just being uh, misled and uh, to such an extent now that we walk in darkness— and uh, a lot of people have no idea where they're going. And so, Ryan, with that in mind, what are some of the challenges that you experience as a man of faith in this world? Well, there's, there's a lot. Well, just for example, a couple nights ago, last night at the station, we were, we were up on night running calls. And last night, my baby didn't sleep. So basically going on two nights of no sleep, I mean, that's just a, that throws everything off. So it's hard to stay on, on your path with when anything happens like that, it's easy to get off course. You know, there's I mean, people go on 
you know, it's a holiday, so everyone decides to eat too much, and you know now they don't feel good, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's so many ways to get off course with social media and you know the news or whatever it may be, stuff that everything's gonna lead you astray. I think that's something me personally and other people I know they struggle with is just staying on, you know, staying on a, the right path. How would you sum up what the right path is? Well, I said earlier the you know the do the next right thing. The next right thing might be reading your Bible, might be spending time with your family, it might be going to church, getting up and going to help somebody. And all of that becomes difficult when you're when you've been led astray. Yeah, uh, you you've made a great point. And to connect the first segment to this segment, in the first segment we talked about being intentional. And once you became connected, uh, and as a warrior, and everywhere in your life, you're intentional. And you make some interesting points when you talk about how easy it is to lose perspective, lose situational awareness and lose that intention and something as simple as fatigue. You're up all night with the baby. And now you've lost that intention. And uh, this is a hard world, friends. And if you're not intentional, the devil's coming. And uh, I think uh, we probably don't give enough um, importance to the, the, those founda- foundational elements. Uh, sleep, diet, uh, and I don't mean being on a diet. Are you going to say drink water? (laughs) Probably. Uh, Christy is always telling me to hydrate. Hey, our bodies are very much water, so we need water. Well, the reason why it's a funny point probably for Ryan and I is in the Marines, whenever you stop anywhere, somebody's yelling at you to drink drink water. water. (laughs) Well, usually the, the old officers, too. Yeah. Well, there's a reason in the Bible, you know, God knows that he created the body and he tells us and, and he probably tells us to drink water in there. But the body is the temple. Take care of the body because he he knows that how the flesh can creep in when you are fatigued and when you right. aren't nourished. And and so you have to feed on his word to keep you going even when you don't have that nourishment. But when we're in the real world. And you're a father of young boys, and you're a firefighter, and or you're a mother of uh, young kids, and you're uh, divorced, and and then you're trying to walk out your faith. It's it's really hard to stay present. Yeah, um, Ryan, tell me what you think about this. Uh, I was talking about this once with my Marines. Uh, when you are rested, hydrated, well fed, everything around you is calm. The time horizon, the the chronological distance on which you're focused is way out there. I'm saving for my kids' education. I'm saving for retirement. And yeah. you're looking way into the future. And then when stuff starts to happen, what changes most in my mind is that time horizon gets shorter and shorter and shorter until eventually – Maybe you're in a firefight, a for real firefight, or maybe Ryan's at a fire. And all that matters, right, this, uh, at this moment is the next second. You are not intentional. 
And so I think um, you're reactive. You're totally reactive. And I think what happens uh, with us as Christian warriors in this world, trying to do the next right thing, thinking about an eternity with God, and on a perfect day, you get up at six and you make coffee and you have uh, an hour in your Bible, and the kids all slept in this morning, so it's all good. But those days are rare. And what's real is the other days where where it's all short right now, right here in your face. What do you think about that? I, I think that's a, a perfect analogy for, you know, for this life. And what we were talking about earlier about how you feel like you're falling short. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's most people on every day because <laughs> of that, because of life is so busy. You got so much to do. You got kids, you, maybe you didn't eat good. So now you don't have your energy levels are down and you got to run all these errands. You got to pick up food. Like how do you find time to go do the extra things? Here's the important thing that I'm hearing in all of this is there, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'll do that when things settle down, right? But when yeah. did things ever settle down, right? And it's so, gotta be made a priority. Yeah, it's got to be made a priority, but that priority, given 168 hours in a week, it may be, in fact, uh, that one of the things I do in particular is... Um, I, I try to have myself in a habit of reading the verse of the day when I first wake up. And I have myself trained on that on my phone versus looking at Facebook or email, things like that. And and then my next step would be go read my devotional. But I may never get to that, but at least I've read that. And we're coming back to what Ryan said. He may just read a, a, um, a verse in the Bible. But that's uh, that may be all you can do in these uh, days and that is that is actually proactive, right? Versus the people go well when a thing settle down then I'll read my Bible. But I I hear Ryan being in the fight. Yeah, it it's real. You got to be real. Uh, I'd like to uh, draw back to something you said earlier, Ryan, when you said that um, you got to focus on your wife and you got to focus on your kids because everything you do stems from that, and so. We know the same is true about Christ. In order to not be reactive, in order to do the next right thing, not according to us, but according to him, we have to find a way to slow things down, and that lets us be intentional. And that's how this whole conversation goes together. So if that's the case, what do you suppose the world is going to do? Try and take that time away from yeah, you. Yeah, fight against it. And you've heard us talk about OODA loop before, uh, the decision-making loop that we all use, whether we realize it or not. We observe something. We orient ourselves to that thing. We decide how we should uh, react to it, and then we act. So it's O-O-D-A. It's an acronym, of OODA loop. Come up with uh, an Air Force fighter pilot came up with it. Uh, but it's still good. And so... The world tries to get in your OODA loop. So does the devil. The, dev- the world is the devil. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And and so uh, it's hard. It is. It's so so if we know that, we got to have a plan ahead of time. Ryan, you remember immediate action drills? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, friends, immediate action drills. Every marine knows about them. 
we have all kinds of uh, immediate action drills, especially uh, aviators and in the infantry, where you say, if the enemy pops up over here, we're going to pivot and we're going to do this. Um, what was your MOS, Ryan? I was an aviation mechanic. Oh, what'd you work on? C-130s. I think I forgot that you were an aviation mechanic. Hey, that's totally awesome. Airplanes are just cool. And people who work on airplanes and fly airplanes... Are very important. They're very cool. (laughs) And they're very cool. So if you're a pilot, you're not necessarily cool. But uh, if you're cool, you're probably a pilot. Well, I think you're you're cool. Okay, cool. (laughs) So, friends, we're talking with a real man who lives in this difficult world. And I think what we could all agree on is that government is not going to fix it. The people who made the problems to keep themselves in office won't suddenly fix the problems. And no institution is going to fix it. Schools aren't going to fix it. They're engaged in uh, education. And all of these other things that we sometimes look to on a daily basis, we become spectators and we hope for somebody else to, quote, fix it. Nobody's going to fix it. The fix is with us in the intention that we bring to each day. And all the good that we can do is predicated on our fine foundation in Christ, starting our day with him, even if it's just a sentence in the Bible, but to have the intention to know that he is the beginning and he is the end, and all the good that we can do leverages that. Stay with us. We'll be back for the final segment. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Ryan Reed, friend of mine and a former Marine and a Christian warrior. And we're talking about real faith on a real day where you're tired and maybe you haven't had as much water to drink as Christy thinks you should, which is a lot, believe me. She thinks I should drink a lot of water. And maybe you're not as intentional as you'd like to be. And you flip on the TV and you see one of these crazy stories or you look at your phone and there is something uh, provocative and the next thing you know it's off to the races. And we've all been in that place. Yeah. And 
I'm I'm never sitting here talking at you and pretending that it's easier for me and that anybody's doing anything wrong. I think what strikes me is that Christianity has a lot of duality in it. For example, we're spiritual beings living in the flesh. Uh, There's good and evil. Uh, There's right and wrong. And in all of those dualities, we're supposed to find our way and add to that the stress of being a parent, add to that uh, gas, $4 a gallon, add to that work. And I think it's very easy to get off track. So number one, you need a plan for if you're off track or if you sense yourself getting off track or if you're reacting in a way that shows you're off track. And I think the other thing is you've got to predispose yourself on a daily basis to the threat of the world, the context, this battlefield. And so warriors prepare. Uh, Firefighters prepare. Pilots practice immediate action drills. And uh, I think it would be silly of us to think, A, that it's going to be easy, or B, that we're good enough to just make it happen. So, Ryan, with all of that said, what would you say to uh, somebody in our listening audience who may want to enrich their spiritual lives, do it better, manage all these things? Well, the, the first would be don't feel bad because literally every person that I know is, they personally feel like they're falling short in some way, uh, whether they're extremely wealthy in the military, you know, whatever walk of life they have, once you really get to know them, don't feel bad. You're not alone. Two is find somebody that you can, that you can talk with, whether it's somebody like the Colonel or sorry, I don't know if they know you as a Colonel, but uh, Richard, but uh, find somebody that you can, that you can relate to and talk to and, and, bounce things back off or back and forth off of and realize you're not alone. And uh, I think the, the next thing is there's, there's no requirement that you have to do a certain amount of things every day. And something that helped me a lot was realizing there's no destination. There's just the pursuit. You know, it, it's just the, the daily work that you put in, say, working out. There's no final destination. You're never done. So whether you're working out or pursuing God, like, to me, it's essentially the, the same thing. Like, there's no destination. You're never done. So just every day you have to put the work in. I love the way that sounds. Uh, every day, just do your best. You're never done. It's kind of like with the bills, with work, uh, our cars, our houses, the yard. You kind of have this desire like, I'm going to work really hard this weekend and I'm going to get everything sorted out. And then before <laughs> everything is sorted out, you realize there's more. And then the air conditioner breaks. And then I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but the very second you get some money saved, something breaks and then you're never done. It's life. And so if you accept the fact that you're never going to be done, then you can just commit yourself to this moment right here, right now doing it the best I can. And I think if we, what I'm hearing in all this too is with, go back to the heart. The heart is right. 
you're really doing all this in the eternal perspective versus the temporal. And so when you, when, when I'm hearing when you're never done, you're really, you're, you're never done because you're always working for Jesus Christ. You're always wanting to get closer to him. And so it's this fluid thing versus one and done. Yeah. And I think that's really important, uh, to our listening audience, to uh, the men out there on whom God is depending. I'm going to say that very seriously. If this ministry has a focus, it is equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and it's really focused on men leading uh, in their homes, leading at work. And that is predicated on our relationship with Jesus Christ. How well we can do that comes back to Jesus. Ryan touched on it earlier. And so to reiterate the points that he made, don't feel bad. You're not alone. Find somebody that you can talk to. There are no requirements. Every day you open your heart, uh, open the Bible, because we can't have it be the world according to us. The stakes are too high. Uh, if it's Monopoly, we'd look at the rule book. If it's a piece of furniture from Target, we'd look at the manufacturer's instructions. If we are going to get along on this planet and do the next right thing, we have to know what the Bible says. So that must be a pursuit. And then, as Ryan said, look at everything as a pursuit. And so, Ryan, as we head into the uh, final minutes... Is there anything else that you would want to share with our listening audience? Yes, uh, uh, two things. Joshua one nine is a verse that's always really stood out with me. It was given to me when I was going to boot camp. It's uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. So every time anything gets hard, I think about that. Whether I'm going to a fire or the kids are up all night or whatever it is, it, it keeps me keeps me focused and doesn't let me get off track. Knowing that that I'm not supposed to be discouraged because he's with me. And then uh one last thing is if not if not you, then who? If not now, then when? It's a, a quote that's always really stood out with me. Because if you don't step up now, tomorrow might be too late. Amen. Amen. I think those are fantastic points, Ryan. Thank you so much. I think it's it's the heart of a warrior speaking. And I've also loved Joshua uh, 1.9. And as a matter of fact, I love Joshua chapter uh, 1, verses 7 through 9, because in those three verses, it says, don't be frightened, don't be discouraged, uh, I think like six times. Right. And so why would it say that if things were going to be easy? I think I've heard, and, and don't correct, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think do not fear or something like that is in the Bible 365 times. I think I so heard that too. One time for every day. Amen. <laughs> and that's the truth, friends. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge. And that's so important. It has to be the first place we go in any question, in any challenge, God's Word. And if you went to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, as Ryan suggested, and reminded yourself not to be frightened and not to be discouraged, for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go, 
That would be a great first verse. And then you go from there. And so our verse today from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6 is a long one. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Friends, there will be trials. I have heard our faith described in many different ways. Brother Jim Phillips, who's been on the show several times, said to me once, I'm just a beggar trying to tell other beggars where to find bread. And I love that expression, and I've also heard it put this way. We're all just trying to walk each other home. However you look at it, to be sure, the context of our faith is a battlefield. To be successful, we must treat it as such as we prepare for all kinds of trials, contending for that which is good and true and noble and standing against that which is evil and false and selfish. Wherever you are, in whatever ways you may struggle, I hope what you've heard in today's show is that you're not alone. We all struggle. Nobody has a lock on faith. The devil is clever and relentless, and he knows each of our weaknesses. So how do we overcome? We take everything to Jesus. We acknowledge our struggles, and we lay everything at his feet, and we ask for his forgiveness. We read the Bible to better understand what is provided for us and required of us, and we stand together. We are not alone. If you have a church, make an extra effort to attend services and to contribute to your church's efforts in the community. If you don't have a church, make an effort to find one. We can't allow the devil to isolate us. We need each other, and we need to help each other in humility as beggars just trying to get home, but also as warriors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's Courageous Christianity. Ryan, thanks so much for being with us today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, or on your favorite podcast app, or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. Happy holidays, God bless, and Semper Fi.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.